You're listening to. You are listening to the Collabcast, a podcast about pop culture and the creative light from an Asian American perspective. Welcome to the Collabcast. It is episode 169. Hey, it is, ho, hey, ho, hey, it is Friday. Ho. It's party Friday, June the 15th, 2018. <laughs> I'm here with my party people. What's up? Where my party people <laughs> at? Um, my co-host, as always, is Minji Chang. Chang. Hi. Hello. Hello. illustrious. Illustrious. Not so much right now. The esteemed. The award winner. Oh yeah, that's gonna be my title. The hopped up. You may not mention my name unless it is. Oh, it's the. (laughs) And and don't make direct eye contact with her. No, that's not something you're allowed to do. No, I'll give you a signal. Other lovely voice is our friend Priska. What's up? Returning to the podcast. (laughs) Um, And it's been almost a year since we last had you on the collabcast. No, really? Yeah, we've we've always had you with Alpha. So this is your first solo. Oh, this is my first solo. Oh Oh my gosh! Well, you know what? I miss Alpha even right now. But it's nice to be here. She left you for Nashville. Nashville. Yeah, she's a busy girl. I mean, she's writing Writing music, making making things happen. Going to the Grand Ole Opry. Yeah, she's getting ready to break your hearts with her next album. I'm sure. Every time (laughs) she comes out with an album, I'm like, great! I'm gonna cry for the next four days. Speaking of albums, yeah. Priska, you just dropped your first ever album, which is crazy because I, I feel like we've been listening to you play music for like since yeah. decades. I've known you since 2012. Yeah, 12, 13, 12. 13, 12. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I know. I was, I was, uh, I've been a pansy about it. I think for a really long time, and uh, certain things happened. Whether it was like I couldn't get the funding for it, or I was just like too focused on my career. But I'm really, really excited. This is definitely a passion project, and um, I'm glad it's out. Yeah, it's like taking a massive shit. (laughs) I just feel so relieved. I've been constipated for years. Artistically constipated. Yeah, I take myself really seriously. It's a thing. We should. No one make fun of that. No, honor yourself. We should make. We should make a PSA about artistic constipation. I think that's. Do you suffer from artistic constipation? Yeah, if you suffer from now, now that that exists, side effects include. Do you feel like you have a story that just needs to get out? Just can't. So, what is the creative laxative? That's the question it's called peer pressure lots and lots of peer pressure yeah peer pressure <laughs> and stress and anxiety and mental breakdown yeah. and then bada bing don't <laughs> um, fucking get your shit together yeah there's probably yeah. a pharmaceutical remedy for artistic oh, yeah. it's true there. you have to take five other drugs to combat the side effects that this drug gives you but yeah. there is a pharmaceutical <laughs> drug available. and then write a song about it exactly yeah. that's what they really want but which they will use promo. in the commercial for yeah. the pharmaceutical and actually drug. if and you write circle. a song while on this drug you owe them 20% of your royalties just fyi it was uh, just in case anyone's like interested our, yeah our dark it's fine print mega corporation future is Ooh. forming Ooh, before dark. our eyes yeah question it so mm-hmm. it's funny because i feel like there's been there's been a lot happening in the world yeah. in the last couple weeks and there's kind of like a bit of a dark cloud that yeah. maybe is settling oh yeah um and i'm not trying to get negative but it's it's funny because we talk about art artists and their their creative journey and things yep. like that and usually a lot of gold will come out of a lot of 
it's true. Shitty experiences. It's true. I mean, I think that was the main thing people were saying when a certain someone got elected. They were like, well, now it's the time to make good art. Yeah. Little did they know it caused such high amounts of anxiety that I don't know if art has been able to happen. Like, right. You know? But um, I think it's true. I think when you're stuck between a rock and a hard place, um, some really interesting stuff, it kind of puts you in a state of mind um, where it drives you to be creative because right. you have nowhere else to go. And people are being super honest lately. That's just what I'm noticing. I actually have been spending less time on social media because of all the anxiety yes. and like that's in my I, own I, life. I've had to just, take breaks too. Yeah, it's like, too much. Yeah. Same. So, but it's Same. funny what like my artists because so many, so much of my feed is our artist yeah. friends and a lot of them are just reflecting on how much that is just percolating and yeah. then what it's producing yeah and one of the things i was talking about the like creating your own ep or writing your own short film or whatever yeah so one of them was talking and this is one of like the most positive people that i know was just ripping it on the music industry so i thought of you i thought of like several of our artist <laughs> friends and i'm like yeah man it's a dark dark world i like, mean it's so true but it's hard because you you have your own stuff that you have to deal with to overcome to create something yep but then like getting it out there so i wanted I to think- say that not to be De- debbie downer no just acknowledge like I think that's totally valid and I think that you know a big a big deterrent from putting out work is the fear of it being criticized you know and I think criticism it's it's part of the game if if this is the industry you're in like you have to understand that's going to be a part of it but I think it can be crippling at times because of the it, it's not just critics critiquing things anymore everybody's a critic and, right like, random people you don't even know yeah and i think that it can be a little bit debilitating and it can be um discouraging at times but mm-hmm. i think that you know if anyone's i don't know feeling stopped up because of that you just gotta freaking do it because at the end of the day people can talk and they can criticize and they can say what they want but it's like are they doing anything about it maybe not you know so as long as you're i think the thing that drove me to be able to kind of create this album and to get it going even though it still took me like a year and a half was sean mira was like you know priscilla like you just gotta make something and it can be bad and i was like it can it can can be bad and he's like yeah liberated yeah and i was like it can be bad. And I like ran home and the whole mantra was like, it can be terrible. Like that's fine. And that's why, uh, the album consists of me and a xylophone. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Xylophone playing is great. Um, but it, it kind of drove me to, to overcome my fear of, and I think being Asian, it's like, you want the A plus. Oh, you got a 90. That's a B plus you idiot. Like, you know, type of attitude. Yeah. Like CM, (laughs) did you get like, you know, like what is it like merits or did you only just pass because yeah. you just passed i mean you basically didn't even do it so <laughs> yeah i mean on my end though getting that 90 opens it up saying that didn't hurt 90s okay yeah it's true and then that that started my spiral becoming a no. mediocre student in college no. <laughs> that's it an opens your mind to like you know this is the matrix <laughs> yes that's one thing yeah but the other thing that it opened up like an argument that i've constantly been having with my dad especially because my mom's a lot more like hey you did your best and i love you and you're great but then my dad's like the polar opposite and mm. he's like 90 is not enough mm-hmm. and then so it's funny because <laughs> habitually I feel like it made me be more geared towards excellence right like I need to perform at a certain caliber and then I keep that standard for myself like I cannot fall below xyz yeah do you find yourself like are you more of that Prisca are you like so I you know it's a little bit of a complicated story like I'm not naturally geared that way like I am as a kid I was the kid that like lost every jacket that I brought to school because I was just like in a like a a daze constantly which reminds me I have your jacket in my car 
that you left that you left at open mic. I like, literally two haven't years changed. Ago. That's where that went. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. Yeah. Anyway, so clearly I'm the same person, (laughs) but I was like, you know, I was this kid who was very dreamy. I was very out of it. I was just always kind of in a weird like headspace and like, you know, couldn't have, couldn't carry on like very productive conversations. So I was just like inside my own head. I don't believe that. No. Yeah. I'm totally serious. And then (laughs) I, um, I skipped a grade. I skipped fourth grade and then it just kind of made it so I had to exert a lot of effort just to like stay alive and to be like normal and to catch up with everyone Mm. and i've felt like behind ever since then you know and i'm it's been like x amount of years and and i still (laughs) feel um remnants of that and then i have this my mother who's an incredible amazing superwoman but she's a she's an auditor and so she's very high achieving high Mm. performing very exacting which is it doesn't really gel with like a daughter that's like i don't know but is that cloud more of a cotton candy (laughs) or a bunny rabbit like literally like and that's how i approach life you Mm. know so i think under her influence um i became someone who always sought excellence but never felt like i could achieve it or embody that kind of role so based on certain definitions set by your mom based on societal definitions based on the whole like asian kind of approach to academia and and, um, and yeah and even with you know music i think she really did like this album which was amazing like she came to the opening and she i was like wait i was like bracing myself like what is she gonna say you know like something kind of snarky a little backhanded compliment (laughs) you know but she was like no, I really liked it. And I was like, what? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> but prior to that, you know, it was even with my music, she was kind of like, mm, it's not really like technically good. It's not classical music. It's nothing like to write. You know what I mean? It's mm. nothing like that special. I don't really um, understand it. So I think I just feel a lot of certain types of pressure. And I worked a full-time job for five years because she was like, you need to be a good citizen of the world. Like you need to like uh, be a, like, almost like prove to me i mean in so many words that you can actually be a functioning citizen in society because mm-hmm. i was such a daydreamer for so long because you're floating exactly in the clouds with the bunny rabbits and cotton candy. Yeah. yeah so to answer your question by nature i'm definitely just a dreamy weird like just oblong like amorphous kind of creature very abstract very like yeah just- and by nurture i have um the the uh, gearings of an auditor behind me. So, well, I kind of feel like, I mean, I'm not trying to make light of the trauma of, you know, a, a tough parent. Right. Cause I know. Yeah. It's, well, it's but a thing. It's a real thing. That's why I'm an artist. <laughs> Otherwise, I have feelings I need to work through. To, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's something to be said about, especially in, in our circle where we have a lot of people who grew up in this culture that demanded overachieving. Yeah. But also had like the artist's soul and like the, yeah. the, the need to create. Yeah. And mixing those together is kind of what drives us as yeah. independent artists. Right? And it's tricky because I think like without a certain type of upbringing, maybe I wouldn't get as much done. But mm-hmm. then at the same time, like maybe I wouldn't have as much anxiety surrounding it too. So I mean, you don't know, right? Because you, you don't know. know. And that's my question is like, well, do you feel like she was right to make those recommendations? Do you feel like the five years that you spent working a full-time job were to your benefit or were they like lost time you know what i mean because everyone looks at that differently like oh i should have spent those five years working on my craft or learning more about the industry or doing tours or something like really just like being scrappy and there's some people like for me i kind of like because i'm like my mom i was like okay well all the time that i spent in corporate america Mm -hmm. blah 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 set me up to be 
more business minded. Right. And I'm, you know, when I would have learned that, I'm sure, but maybe in a different way and yeah. a different time. And like, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm definitely not blaming my mom for it. You for know? sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm just curious, like what your take yeah. on it is. No, it's definitely true. Like I'm an adult. I made those choices. And like, I, I'm glad, like looking back at it, I'm glad that I had experience in the business world. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I had experience in marketing. I'm glad I met the people that I did. I'm glad that I, um, honestly was like treated like an intern or like a very junior position. Cause I do think like when you work in kind of the entertainment industry, it's a different kind of hierarchy. And mm-hmm. even, I don't know, it's not always like the most senior person in the room gets the most like respect in the entertainment industry, but definitely in the, like kind of the work, the office workspace it is. And I think it was important for me to kind of be not like shit on, but like, you know, like be like the underling for a really long time and like to kind of work your way through that and to really respect like the people around you and not to be the biggest person in the room. You know what I mean? And not that I ever would be now, but it's just like, I think it was healthy. I think it was good. I'm, I'm proud of the fact that I have some real world experience at the same time. I do look back and it's not necessarily regret, but it is like, Hey, like there was nothing you needed to be afraid of. And there was so much I was afraid of and I'm I'm more upset not by what my actual experiences were but that a lot of it was driven by fear to stay in a safer space to stay in a space that like had a rubric like my mom set a rubric in front of me and that was an easier path to follow it's the bumpers in the bowling lane exactly like you can't go in the gutter because yeah I mean, it's, it's, it's like not as rewarding of a strike it's, it's true it's also the you know the, the immigrant experience to like to hedge to like make sure there's always a backup plan make sure yes. that like safety and stability Security. is always the exactly. first in fact you think of that before you even think of anything and, and for I, sure. I don't know yeah. if it's like I think it's like extra for the Taiwanese people for some reason it's like well if you don't have a backup plan you don't have a plan like yeah. you know <laughs> it's like oh gosh well, like it's just you like know? dreams and passions it's all yeah. fluff and luxury and it's yeah. like that's not that's privilege that's not yeah. the yeah. necessities and honestly I feel like that even though I can feel all this self-righteousness sure. about my own journey <laughs> but like my little brother yeah I'd be like excuse me what like what is your plan <laughs> yeah. and how is this being no yeah. it does not apply to you right only to me get out of here <laughs> well yeah and it's kind of like we were talking about them in the beginning like um when you're in a tough spot when you're between a rock and a hard place that's easy creativity that's where creativity is kind of like that's where it's born that's natural but it's actually very hard when you don't have constraints to understand how to be creative in that paradigm at least for me and maybe it's, it's kind of like for asian kids because we've been forced into certain paradigms, maybe been forced into certain molds and like mm-hmm. it could only be creative by like cover of night, you know, um, <laughs> so on is, our Zangas. Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean though? So like, cause you're a musician, like yeah. what does that look like? Like in specifics? I think it can, it can be, I've had to learn the biggest thing I've had to learn and I have a life coach and she's very helpful is to set structure for myself in a way where it's not like, fuck you parents. And it's not like, yes, mom. Yes, dad. Like, you know, it's kind of like this in between where I'm assuming white people live. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> like where you can just like create structure for yourself and, and respect it because 
um, what I was noticing is like, if I was like, okay, Minji, like we're meeting up for coffee, I would be there at the time we appointed. I would leave time, like put my phone aside and like focus on talking to you. Mm -hmm. And we would have an awesome meeting for like an hour, an hour and a half. And then we'd, we'd leave, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But if I was like, okay, I'm setting a date with myself. Like it's a meeting for me to brainstorm and plan out the next album. And then Minji texts me after I've already set my plan and she's like, Hey, you want to grab coffee? I'm like, I'm going to throw my plans out the window Mm -hmm. and like not respect it as like a real plan because I don't really respect myself as its own entity. Right. You know, as a professional, as a working artist, as you know, somebody that deserves to have time set aside. Right. It's to be like, Hey, I have something going on. Can we do another time? Mm -hmm. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even have offered that because I was like, no, I mean, this isn't even that important. I can shift it. And so I've had to just, I mean, it's a balance and I'm not great at it yet, but just my life coach was basically saying like, Hey, you got to think about yourself as like Prisca Inc. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. like you are the CEO of, and this is something you and I have talked about Minji a lot is just like, you are the CEO of your own company and you're also the brand manager and also the, like, you know, the COO and all these things. And the intern and and the customer care. Yeah. (laughs) But like you are the CEO and like, you really have to, like, if you were working for a company um would you want the ceo to push meetings with important like creative managers just because the ceo with the coo exactly would they cancel that meeting? yeah or no. the cmo yeah it's like no you you wouldn't cancel those meetings you wouldn't push those meetings and so um i had to learn to do that like for myself mm. and it 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 was very hard because I don't take, I, I don't know. It's not like I, I make light of music or the things that I do, but I have a hard time taking myself that seriously. And I think that is an Asian kind of Asian American way of looking at oneself to erase oneself from one's own calendar. Yeah. And I, (laughs) profound i like need a moment i feel like that's why freelancing is such a hard concept for especially for Mm. parents and even though like you think about what our our parents did like my dad was essentially a freelance like sales manager for a lot of different companies like he had clients and stuff but you know to turn that to to focus that on like a creative yeah lens it's it's tough because like you're not creating tangible value true you know And you have to navigate that, too. It's not even like there's some sort of rubric saying, like, hey, if you write this many songs or Mm -hmm. if you put out this much content, you're guaranteed some sort of return. It's very much like... Very little ROI. there's a way to make it a calculated risk instead of you're just, like, throwing it all to the wind. Obviously, like, that's where strategy comes into play. That's why when we're talking to artists all the time or anybody, like, I say this to, like, little brothers and sisters that come to me (laughs) that are not just talking... They they want advice on just, like, jobs and stuff, like my cousins and everything. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I've learned different things, like you're saying. Being disciplined Mm -hmm. is universal. It Mm. is not just for an artist. It is for anybody who wants to do anything. You want to cook a meal? Plan it out. Buy the ingredients Mm -hmm. and then follow accordingly. Totally. It's not... It's not something that's only to artists for sure or freelancers. Yeah. And yeah. as freelancers, it's important to understand that it is a job. It's yeah. right. I mean, I find it hard because I think when I'm in the work work world world, I feel like there's pressure for me to achieve there. And then when I'm in the music world, I feel pressure to live more of an artist life. So I do feel like, you know, and we have all got a million side hustles that we're doing. And I do feel like sometimes I feel like a spinning top who's going from end to end, but not being great at any one thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that can be really frustrating, you know, because, um, 
I don't know. I, I hear different voices in my head when I move from world to world. Like when I'm in the workspace and I'm like, I got to leave early to do music. I hear my mom's head like, be a good employee. Like never say <laughs> no to your boss. Never leave earlier than your boss. All these things. But then when I'm out at like a music thing and I have to duck out early because I have to go to work in the morning, I feel like this pressure of like, well, you're not networking. You're not, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like sticking it Are out. You you're giving not putting it 100%? Is this you committed? Yeah. yeah. And like, what, what did I miss out on? Like in terms of being able to connect with somebody, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. like, um, I think it can be, it's like great that we live in this time where we can kind of work a la carte, you know, like, I like that. Do That's a little very, bit here and a little God, bit there. It's so poetic. I just, <laughs> <sighs> I'm going to listen to this every day. <laughs> But, you know, it can be challenging because I think the biggest thing I've been facing is like um, uh, is just feeling like I'm I'm doing everything at at 90 percent or like it's more like like 60. But yeah, yeah, I I feel you. Yeah. And like even putting out like the 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 album and doing the release party, I felt like I was letting so many other things just slip through the cracks. Fall by the wayside. Yeah. And I'm such a people pleaser. And when people are upset with me, I wish I could be like, fuck you, but I can't. (laughs) Yeah. And then you crumble and then you're like, how am I supposed to get up at 6 a.m. and then go about my day and function properly and get yelled at all day by certain people and then go do music because you're and yelling then... at yourself in your head exactly <laughs> you get it you is that, get it is, yeah. that, is that like an artist thing or a millennial thing thinking that it's like a female thing as well it's and a female a- thing like, female. it's female not being able to celebrate your wins because that should be a time yeah. you should be like just there's like, a lot yeah, of people out there that are millennials that are celebrating a lot that I don't think deserves to be celebrated so it's a little bit but then bit the whole world still scale. tells us we're like ruining everything I know right? I think someone was like congrats on your like EP coming out I'm like oh congrats Congrats. I feel like I just turned in like a college paper and like, I don't feel I like it's like been. congrats. You're to like, this is a year like, and a half late. I'm yeah, sorry. it's like good. It's not. Yeah, it's like good you turned it in because you can get graded now. Like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But I was like, that's that's right. Like, and then I was already like shitting all over the project and like just feeling like shit about the way I released it and I didn't do enough and I blah, blah. And my sister's like, and this is my sister and this is like not, it was like, extreme to the point where she's like can you just wake up and realize where you're at right now and i'm like oh <laughs> like you know because we're both like we can get pretty hard on ourselves like yeah. and we're both artists but she was like can you just realize like she's like i think you've been dreaming about this ever since you were 16 like this is all you've ever talked about since then so can you take a minute and like <laughs> realize like you can go on itunes and type in your effing like name and something pops up that Crossy you wrote your sister. yeah thanks rosanna liang i love you she's um she's my favorite but yeah it it like literally took her like slapping cold water in my face (laughs) to be like oh yeah like i can take a minute to be proud of this i can take a minute to listen to it in my car by myself and like shed a tear or two and like realize like hey like this is where i am in my life and maybe in a month or two like i'm gonna be like oh my god i need to come out with something new right away but as of right now like it's okay to appreciate what it is you know it's okay to to put it out there and yeah, and I'm I I am really proud of it. Um, by the I'm way, the, proud of you. the EP is called State Change. If you go and you can add it to your Spotify playlist, it actually helps, guys. Like, if you love an artist, add their music to your Spotify <laughs> playlist and play it on repeat, even when you're not in the house. I'm sure the Spotify like people will be thing. really upset. Yeah, yeah because like <laughs> getting plays, I, you, it's okay. They're not sponsoring us. Yeah, yet. like I think I made twelve cents last month off yes. of streaming, but it like it legitimately helps. Like over time, it legitimately helps the artists that you love. And I'm not trying to be here trying to be like making money off of anybody, but it just helps 
artists pay for their healthcare. Yeah. I feel like we should make a Spotify healthcare fund for artists, <laughs> like playlists, gas, and like gas, your yeah. sandwiches, new equipment. Yeah. yeah, pay for that Adobe subscription so you can yeah. make those videos My that everyone likes. Solution so I can see things. <laughs> yes, it. It honestly, so, I never really understood, but now I'm like, okay, it makes sense. Even if it's pennies, like pennies add up to like twelve cents sometimes. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> you never really appreciate health insurance until you get older and realize my body's falling apart it's falling <laughs> apart i'm pointing at my ankle right now because yeah. it's been five weeks and i'm oh still in pain oh my god and i was you, like i have to go to the doctor for this yeah. i'm gonna throw a shit yeah like, i'm not gonna i'm and not guys, gonna be okay you guys can't see this but uh, if i get a mosquito bite it turns my entire body into like a bullseye <laughs> like i just turn into a red circle it's not cute yeah it's really not cute <laughs> When we come back, we talk to Prisca about growing up in a conservative household and how she got started in music. But before that, here's a little sample from Prisca's new album. The song is State Change from the album of the same name. Talk about 16-year-old Priscilla Liang. Oh, dreaming started of, talking about this EP. Yeah, dreaming of this EP. Yeah. Like how, how, we never did dug into like how did you become involved in music? Yeah. Has it always been a part of your life? Oh, like, yes. Um, first of all, 16-year-old Priscilla was just dealing with a lot of acne. <laughs> just <laughs> acne on acne on acne. Spearmint tea, everyone. Spearmint tea. Um, I, so I, my dad's a pastor. My mother is a pastor's wife but also an auditor um so that's a lot right there she's a lot she she does everything she's she's an amazing woman michelle liang is but she is very intense like if you are not on her level you better get the fuck out like you know (laughs) and i was not on her level and i couldn't get the fuck out well i got out of her womb but then you know you're like then you're Um, in the metaphorical exactly exactly yeah 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 um so i grew up in the church and so i think that gave me a lot of opportunities to have access to music and it was actually something i was talking about um we were all gathering around after a show and all of us were like you're a pastor's kid you're a pastor's kid you're a pastor's kid you're a pastor's kid the whole band was pastor's children <laughs> like i think ruth in the library i think that is a band of all pastor's kids that makes so much sense yeah like we we are there's something about it where one it cues you into being open to like a spiritual kind of realm and i'm not saying you need to be christian or anything but it's like you're tuned into something outside of yourself yeah and i think that really um allows you to 
write or to perform in a way that is maybe a little bit different. Mm -hmm. And then there's the whole 10,000 hours theory where if you are able to do something for 10,000 hours, you become more of an expert. And so from being four years old, playing tambourine for the choir to being on stupid weekly Sunday, like children's choir, like (laughs) shenanigans. Yes, exactly. Put your hands over your head. Um, Jesus, you know, with the sign language and then, um, to like writing like a short shitty musical when I was like 12 just because I had access not because I was like really smart or special but it was literally because I had access to it I could do it I could fail fast I could always like get comfortable I I had debilitating stage fright as a kid I would remember like I forgot my lines for a play and I just sat down and like cried like that's like you know I was not a natural by any by any stretch Um, well that's not you're not an actor it's true yeah but like you know I I think some people that uh um they find out what i do now and they're like oh like you know uncle like do you remember priscilla like back in the end he's like she's doing (laughs) she got over a lot of stuff (laughs) yeah like shit what and not only that like very confused not only is prisca a great musician Like her in between banter is like I would listen clearly to clearly as whole we are album. on this podcast. I love watching you perform yeah. just to like hear what you have to say around it as well. It's uh, like you and Dia Frampton have the best like in between banter. <laughs> I would just listen to a whole album. That should be your next Kickstarter. Is Pris- Priska stories. Well, you know, so that is part of my origin story. Is um, so basically fast forward to I I my mom's like, all right, if you're going to be singing all the time, I'm going to send you to voice lessons, you know? Okay. And, and b- before that I was in like children's choirs and they buried me in the alto because mm. that's where you bury people that you're like, I don't know what, I don't know what to do with you. Like I just go, I just give up, but I'm glad they, I did that because I really learned how to read music, learned how to harmonize. That's like really good skill. I still can't harmonize. I, was, I did choir for like a few years. You can do it. No, you can do it. I would always phase into whatever the, har- I would just ruin it. I'm like, the, I'm sorry. The that. best way that I learned how to harmonize was, um, we had like hymn books in uh-huh. church and they it was like the old school hymn books with like the music yeah and then i would for fun because you're it's like prayer meetings are like three hours long <laughs> like, like what are you supposed to do like why your face you should know? be an emoji right now <laughs> <laughs> and so i would just follow i would just you know fail fail forward like and just always sing the harmony for every like i don't know song mm. that we sing during the prayer meeting anyway so fast forward to me um being 16 i grew up in a very strict household my mom was afraid of mtv thought it was like poisonous she didn't exactly she didn't um allow us to talk on the phone for more than 10 minutes at a time once a day so um which is why i have a hard time with close friendships we'll get to that another time (laughs) and uh, i wasn't allowed to use the internet i wasn't allowed to use aim i wasn't allowed to listen to non-christian music yeah Yeah. i i did use it but it was in secret covert it was very covert. I had the same, what was same, your screen name? Same life. It was um, Corniac. <laughs> <laughs> and have, no one ever got it. <laughs> They're like, Corniac, I don't get in like, like Brainiac, but I'm corny. Oh I'm my like, God, like, I love you so like, much. Get, get it together, guys. <laughs> um, but I... Get on my level. I, I remember a friend of mine um, so I basically listened to like Haven of Rest, which was a Christian quartet and Sandy Patty, which was a Christian soprano singer. <laughs> that was like the extent of my music. What about Hillsong? No, I, I didn't know. even Hillsong. My mom, is that too mainstream? We would put on the fish and my mom would turn it off. She'd be like, the spirit in that song was not good. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> Christian channel, like, give me a break woman. Um, she was very extreme. Um, and so my friend would burn me CDs and like slip it in my 
backpack and I'd like sneak it into the house. And then late at night when my parents were sleeping, I would army crawl down the stairs. Down to the downstairs living room where we had like one stereo system and I would turn the volume down to one because we weren't allowed to have like headphones for some reason at this point. And I put in the CD and like press my ear up and up into the speaker and listen to Simple Plan. <laughs> nice. I'm addicted. I'm addicted to you. And it was just like these moments that were so private. It was just me. They were surreptitious, which everyone knows is the best kind of love is forbidden, you know? <laughs> um, and it was interesting and weird. And I listened to Coldplay like that. And I listened to Motion City soundtrack like that. And then finally one day, my cousin, who is also part of this, um, I remember when we were like younger, she would drive us like from church to my parents' house because we would hang out and like during that time she's like all right i have a 15 minute window where i've got to expose these like little mennonite children to music <laughs> so she'd be like this is boys to men and like, like play it yeah, and like yeah this is you. the spice girls yeah and like this is like backstreet boys and this is like brian mcknight and we'd be like mom said no and like, cover our ears and shake our heads but now i'm like olivia like thank you so much um shout out to my cousin olivia who probably saved my life and caused my career so she slipped me a cd one day and it was um sarah Bareilles. oh and um i think it was a mix of like female singer songwriters so it was like sarah Bareilles, rachel amagata priscilla on oh. it was like this whole movement where it was the resurgence of singer songwriters in like the mid um aughts yeah like yeah, 2004 yeah. Like hotel cafe, hotel cafe yeah. miko yeah, yeah that whole movement and i literally it my mind exploded <laughs> like it was like um i don't know like it was like brain guts everywhere it was just like like i i like couldn't believe it and the most beautiful thing about it is almost every track came with banter on the track because these, a lot of these were like live like you know, unplugged like live unplugged, recording yeah like bootleg kind of stuff yeah. which was really popular kids back in the day before you had like this beautiful Limar, yeah, like you know, not that i know <clears throat> compressed like I, stuff i used yeah. to collect like live recordings of jason Mraz sets yes when yes I was oh my god yeah. yes me too <laughs> That's what I went to his concert. It's like it's like in real life. It's like IRL. <laughs> no, he has some of the best banter too. He's, He's amazing. One of yeah, and like, I you should have your own show. Exactly. I used to study banter. I used to just like because they would have tracks like the fifteen tracks between the tracks of just uh-huh. banter, and I would just like play it on a loop. I'm like, how did they know how to say that? How did they know how to be witty? <laughs> I don't know what to say because the first time you get on stage, I promise you, you're gonna freeze between songs, and that's totally okay. That's 100 percent normal. But like hearing these pros, it was like something like like lit in my mind um it got lit no but like it, it was like a light bulb went off and i was like this is what i wanted want to do i it was like maybe if you saw like a tennis player on tv and you're like i want to play tennis or like you saw like um simone biles doing fucking flips everywhere and you're like i want to be a gymnast that was like my moment where i was like this is what i want to aspire to and i was terrible like just just like i was terrible at it but it's a skill you can kind of form and achieve and get your mind into the right space. And the best thing about it, the best thing about like banter or, or, or just improv in general is you have to let yourself be bad to be good. Mm -hmm. So you're the year you were in collaboration the year before the Troubadour show. Yeah. Okay. That's where I had my massive fail in front of the whole audience. When I was like, it wasn't even, I wasn't even emceeing. It was just me doing the thank you closing. Uh-huh. Oh no! And no, what happened? At me. Wait, wait, wait! What happened? Because I said something like I was I was nervous because it's like oh. I still lived in San Francisco. I hadn't moved to LA yet. There's a lot of cool people. It's in the Troubadour for yeah. sake. Yeah. And like you're just oh, this is like an epic, meaningful show. Yeah. This is my first show, LA show as 
uh, mm. global executive director. So I had all this stuff. Like, I'm yeah. going to be impressive and I'm, you know, like, yeah. curl my hair. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I'm and I was like, walking awkwardly in my heels because, like, I hadn't put on the outfit before that night. Like, it was just bad. And yeah. so I was kind of setting myself up for disaster. Oh, no. And then there's like, dumbfounded. There were, like, people like that in the room. <laughs> and I was like, hey, guys. Like, and then and then I said something to for Steve because Steve Kim was the director of LA at the time oh, right. and I said something with the word grinding in it like he's been on, like grinding like because like he's hard grinding hard on the show all up on me all wrong <laughs> and everyone started laughing I was like I'm gonna no die no one grinds right now. harder than Steve Kim yeah no one grinds harder than Steve like I said something really horribly awkward in like yeah. the worst setting of like all the people that I admire and respect or like fangirled over at one point and I was like like, I feel can someone you. kill me right now? <laughs> I, uh, and at that point, I was like, I'm never getting on stage ever again. If they you, need girl. me to do closing remarks, oh. I'm writing it down and reading it from oh. a damn page. So nice. Um, I, uh, <sighs> yeah, no, I, uh, I once story. made like a really bad joke. I think it was, I, I wasn't thinking about it. I made some brain joke and it was a brain cancer fundraiser. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, no, it was really bad. Oh, no. <laughs> I got off stage and my like friends were like, yeah, so maybe like never do that again. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like, and I knew it, like you, sometimes you know it right when you've already told your brain to send it out yeah. for delivery Don't and it's already out and, and it's it hitting goes. your tongue. <laughs> and then you're like, no, <laughs> and you're like chasing the word. But then you, that it's hovering in the air. It's already, it's already out there. It's like a text where you're yeah. like, it hasn't delivered yet. And you're like, I just want to take it back. <laughs> unsend, 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 unsend. Yeah. That's when you go. Gmail. Oh, hold yeah. the covers of your head and hope maybe this is the day yeah maybe we can erase this <laughs> maybe if I wake up it'll be all a dream control all <laughs> I feel you but like that's such an important thing and that's the part that everyone conceptually knows in your head like mm. yeah I need to fail and I need to mess up and I need to learn totally. things and just go through the muck and do my 10,000 hours but yeah. when you're actually going through it it's like no, why it's brutal it's terrible yeah, it's brutal and it's uh, it's always it's always hard to begin something, you know? What helps you then? So then if someone, if there's all of that, and we all know that too, you know? Yeah. We know that what's at stake and we know what we got to do. And mm-hmm. then we also know how hard it is. Mm-hmm. What gets you over the hump? I think what helped me is um, I realized how much I was making it about myself. Mm. And that is actually like the biggest, I think it's natural um, for you as like a performer to be like, I need to do this for everyone. I need to do it well. I need to, you know, and the onus is like, solely upon you to to make things happen and when that happens like then you second guess yourself then you doubt yourself then you have fear for yourself then you have nervousness for yourself but then if you kind of like understand the event i feel like talk to someone who runs events a lot and it'll give you some perspective because they work with artists all the time we got you yeah (laughs) we're right here right and the thing is like if you've ever been in an audience all you want, all your brain wants is for the whoever's coming on stage to be normal. Like, and if they're better than normal, then great. But if they just do a fine job, you're in your mind, your brain is going to go check. That was fine. And I think that's very, that was like very helpful for me to realize. It's like no one's sitting out there unless you're at like, what's that place in Chicago where they'll actively boo you if you're like not great. Well, Isn't that New York, the Apollo? The Apollo. The Apollo. Yeah. 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 Most audiences, uh, Apollo is known for that because like it is different from most places, right? Yeah. Most people, if they buy tickets to a show and if they're not a critic, they just want to enjoy their night. They just want it to be fine, right? And yeah. if it's fine, they'll leave there and be like, great, it was fine. And, and they won't think about it again. 
which is not the goal. But like, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> no one's sitting out there like, huh, watch nope. this person. Watch how they're going to fail. Like, oh, oh, she took two breaths right there. That's weird. Like, no one's no one's doing that. Everyone's like. They're on your side. They're on your side. Yeah. 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 And so it's they're like. They're happy if you do well. Exactly. Like, they're not rooting, rooting for you to fail. Exactly. And yeah. I think, like, thinking that people are, are rooting for you to fail is actually making it very much so about yourself. It's actually um, unintentionally being very self-involved, mm-hmm. which sounds negative, but just bear with me. I think once you're able to let go of that and one, realize you're being there in service of something kind of bigger than you are, um, you're in service of, of, of allowing kind of a vibe or a feel to um, proliferate, then you kind of can realize like you're just a conduit. You're just a piece in this like bigger thing that's happening and you can let go of a lot of the things it that you're afraid of. a lot of pressure. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's not... And then you can have fun okay. and you can be helpful to the event. Like if I'm doing an event, like I used to like always black out and not know to be like to, to say thank you, to appreciate, you know, mm-hmm. where you're at or um, not being able to even banter because I'm like, and then the next song is <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> and like you're so um, self-involved and your mind is so blotted out um, by that that you're unable to be a useful tool. You're unable to kind of make the time go faster. And I think part of what helped me was I worked at a TV station for a little bit and I did um, on-air hosting mm. and that helped me a lot because you realize like how much so one you just have to like go for it and you can't make it about you because it's about something bigger and you have to like make sure you're just like ready to like be like a pipe where things can come through and if you're the one who's clogging that up like a piece of gum or something like that's not helpful for the Where's larger the picture Drano? exactly <laughs> laxatives to Drano. now we're like clearing yeah. the pipes right. the f- we're yes. flowing that's the thing we yeah flow. get out of your own way i think is yeah. the biggest thing and like it doesn't mean that you shouldn't care for yourself or care about your opinions it's just like allow yourself to realize like the more you make it about you, the less you'll be able to open up. Yeah. It's having perspective. You know? Exactly. Like, yeah. It is important. You got to show up, be prepared, yes. be on time. Totally. Be professional, kind, appreciative. And then also, yeah. like, it's also not all about you. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, chill. And I had, a, I had a drama teacher back in college who was like, everyone was afraid of her. And she was so strict and so mean. But on opening night, she was the nicest she ever was. Because at a certain point, it's like, yes, do all the preparing, do everything. And then when you step out onto that stage, guess what? There's nothing you can do except be present. There's nothing you can do except be 100% yourself and to offer what's inside of you out. Like, there's no point in second-guessing yourself when you're on stage. You just got to do it. I think that's relevant to any performance. And then I say that to like when it comes to like hosting or acting or comedy or whatever. In performance, honestly, at work. Or podcasting. Or podcasting, podcasting. which I had a major (laughs) mental blockage that Marvin pushed me through. But like Tiffany Haddish is one of my favorite comedians. Mm. And she was saying. uh, Hashtag Groupon. She's having a moment. Oh, yeah. yeah. But she was talking about her experience getting school doing like a comedy boot camp. And she was saying, I was like, somebody is super, super huge and prolific and famous and like a legend he was part of the mentors of this boot camp and his main feedback to her he's like you're funny but 
have a good time. Yeah. Like, she was so in wow. her head about it. He's like, if you're having a good time, everyone's going to have a good time. Yeah. Like, it's not the job to make everyone else have a good time and you don't. Like, yeah. he's like, it starts with you. Right. And that was that simple feedback. She's like, oh. <laughs> and now we have Tiffany Haddish. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, wow. she has a really good I time doing her job. And that was like part of the performance part and being an artist and just being a person. Yeah. You know, I was like, yeah. Yes. I love that. I always try like during a performance to have a moment where I'm like, I get to do this. Like, and, and like to kind of dig in and find like a, an emotional kind of stronghold of a song. And then just to be like, wow, I get to like, I get to experience this and I get to take people there. Yeah. You know, sure. that's like totally, it's yeah. freaking fun. Yeah. I love to break people's hearts. Yeah. Just kidding. Speaking of I do too, so. taking people there and breaking people's hearts. Yeah. Uh, you've always had music in your life through yeah, you know growing different. up when did you start writing your own music i um so i started writing shortly after i discovered the singer songwriter movement um <clears throat> or the resurgence I, I should say because mm-hmm. it's always been a movement um and i i there was a specific artist tristan prettyman she mm. was dating jason mraz for a really long time i was a huge jason mraz fan like huge and the best way to uh you know, to conquer an enemy is to get close to them. So, uh, <laughs> Kristen Prettyman, um, I, you know, I had a, I had a target on her back. I was like, bitch, you want to sing lucky with you him. better move. No, I'm kidding. Best <laughs> just, watch yeah, yourself. You best watch yourself. Um, they did a song called shy that way, which I listened mm. to like obsessively to be like, how can I break this down? Um, but no, she, I, I remember getting her album and then falling he- head over heels for her, like mm-hmm. head over heels. And she, wrote music that I thought was very like simple, but so honest and so pure. And I, I immediately like, I was like, I kind of get it. Like, not like I understand exactly how to do it, but I think I might be able to try this. Cause if she's able to share her story through this medium in this way, so confidently, so simply, so purely, then I can share my story in a very similar way. Um, and I could kind of see like, it's like, um, you know, if you're like, you want to be an architect and you see a building and you're like, wow, that's impossible. I'm never going to be able to be an architect because that's so advanced. And then you kind of see blueprints or like a half finished construction piece. And someone can walk you through that and you'll be like, oh, I get the mindset behind it. I get the approach. Um, and it's like broken down for you in a way. I think for me, like that's what her music did for me. Not that it was incomplete in any way, but it showed its joints. It showed its um, like the DIY process of mm-hmm. it, you know, and like I was able to kind of follow those breadcrumbs, I think. Yeah. Um, and so that's how I started writing music. And I don't know why, but I think when you're young, you're very fucking brave because you don't know shit. And um, I, I just went to a bunch of different cafes like in my neighborhood. And I was like, hi, I uh, looks like you need live music. So I'm just going to set up here like no microphone, just like uh, like a keyboard. And, and they'd be like, OK, cool. And I would get free coffee. And that is when my love of free food began. Um, and uh, and I would play at some different cafes. And I got to college and I I, I thought very highly of myself. I think I, I don't think it was that. But I just had this weird confidence. I didn't, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know where it came from. No one thought I was any good. I, I, I still remember <laughs> getting comments from friends um, like that still kind of scar where they're just like, okay, so what's this song called? And I'm like, oh, it's like, it's called like, you know, Rescue Me. And they're like, well, why do you bother titling them when they all sound the same? And I was like, Whoa. oh, <laughs> burn. oh, so shady. It's so shady. <laughs> so I won't call that shady. person out by name, but um, it was, uh, it was a very, uh, I don't know. It was, it, I had this weird inner confidence that 
pulled me through. And I'm glad I would sign up for any performance competition at UCI. I would, you know, I entered into like this, like uh songwriting contest that I won. Um, I, and I found out like during a final and I was like, Oh, <laughs> a, C, B, oh, yes, Scantron. <laughs> it's interesting because like you went to UCI at a, at a time when there were a lot of artists coming out yes. too. Yeah. And I've had more than one, auditioners say that they came to audition for a collaboration. They came to our open mic because they saw you doing what you do. What? Yes. Thank you for that. Oh my God. I just got chills. I had no idea. Like, You've been blazing trails and <laughs> oh stuff. Oh my God. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I think it was just a fever, feverish madness. And yeah, I mean, um, Jennifer Chung was a year below me at UCI. I think Clara went there briefly and Hannah Kim was there. There was a lot of YouTubers, a lot of things happening. And it was interesting. I think I was a little bit on the, not, I wouldn't say the wrong side of a fork, a fork in the road in terms of, um, like approach to music. Cause I think a lot of cover stuff exploded out of UC Irvine. Yeah. Um, it was just that era and YouTube and all of that. Like it was massive era. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was massive. And I, I think I did at the time kind of, I had a little bit of like, I maybe the circle of friends I had around me was a little more elitist and it was kind of like, (laughs) no, like you should write your own music. You should stay the course. And it was kind of a different mindset. I don't regret it, but I do wish I maybe had been a little bit more open to that back then. And, and the, the truth of the matter is I was afraid. I was afraid of, of, um, a failure. I was afraid of, of, you know, getting poor feedback, all these things. I was afraid. So mm-hmm. I kind of did my own thing and did a lot of live performances back back in college, which was super fun. I mean, I remember and, watching... I, I've gone through your like YouTube backlog. Oh, shoot. Oh, boy. And a lot of your earliest videos were just you setting up in like a coffee house or a garage yeah. and just playing. And right. it was like... To me, that live feel is more like yeah i i appreciate it i know that um a lot of youtubers who came up during that time had to learn to play live because they were used to producing and yeah yeah like playing to their their computer screens their macbooks (laughs) in Um, their bedroom in their bedrooms yeah and then not really needing much instrumentation and whatnot so i'm glad that like i love being on stage i would i killed to be on stage and like I enjoy it. It's a fun process for me. And um, so shortly after graduating from college, I moved to, I I went home for like a year because we all have to do it, you know, get, you know, home cooking, get fattened up and then move out. Just kidding. (laughs) Um, But I, I moved out to LA and I was playing at Bar Nirvana every week for like three, four hours. It was like a very shitty bar in Little Tokyo when <laughs> Little Tokyo was not what it is today. Um, and I got so, a lot of reps in. And then I also had a producer friend who would call me up and he's like, hey, I wrote a song. I'm trying to get it into other artists. Can you come do the scratch vocals? And I'd go into the studio and do a couple of hours um every week of just like being in the studio and scratch vocals. Um, like the, like the vocals that you use to like present it to someone who actually wants to sing it. So like if you write a song and you're like, I want Rihanna to sing it, you would be like, well, Priska, can you sing the, not anymore, but like (laughs) Priska, can you sing the scratch vocals? So when we turn it into her, she can like see what we were going for. So I think all those things have set me up to like be in a place now where I feel very confident doing all the music things. And I feel very proud of that, you know? And, I'm not perfect. I have so much to work on. There's so many things that I'm still deficient in, but I feel like I'm proud of the journey that I've been on. And I feel like putting out this EP now feels right. 
because I feel like if it had come at another time, it would be a completely different project. And what it is, I feel like really represents like where I am yeah. as an artist. So, because you're yeah. ready. I'm ready. She ready. B- book me for your shows. <laughs> she ready. So what's next? Last question. What's next for Last Prisca? Question. Prisca Music. At Prisca Music. Ah, well, um, I'm doing a music video with my really good friend Vu Huang. Um, he is a someone I met. He's the first person who discovered my music on MySpace of all places. <laughs> I was like, it was on YouTube. But he's like, it was on freaking MySpace. And I was like, oh. So he, uh, back like 12 years ago, he found my song on MySpace and put it in his short film. So he was like the first person to put my music in a film. And so he's going to be directing uh, the music video for uh, a song off my album called In the Dark. And it is a song about depression. Um, I am, I do, I personally don't suffer from um, depression, but my fiance does. And so um, I would say that even like, I don't know, having close friends that, are going through very dark times and makes it difficult because I think in America we have a culture of heroism, like come in fucking save the day and like, you know, pull them out of there like Indiana Jones. Mm -hmm. But I think the fact of the matter is more often than not, you have to walk into a dark room and you have to just sit down and be there with them and not do anything, not fix anything, not try to glue anything together, but just to sit in the brokenness. And I had a hard time, doing that and so i think this is a song that kind of reflects my journey into understanding that you know more mm-hmm. so yeah and that song yeah. is on your new ep state change it is which is out everywhere it is out everywhere you can find it on spotify on itunes on so Super what you gotta go do is make a spotify playlist put prisca's album please put collabcast put it on yes. repeat put first of all my podcast and then oh, yeah. marvin's other podcast books and boba and what's the other one you do Fresh creatives. Fresh creatives. Yes. Also put that, it all, put all it of that all. on rotate. Yeah, put it all on a playlist. Give us numbers. I w- and then when you leave the house and you, you're leaving your dog or your cat alone, you tell your Alexa, play my, you know, play my like playlist and it'll just play it on a repeat. I find the best audience for my podcast are dogs and cats. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that, no, that's they're, they're uh, accepting. <laughs> They're the real head of the household. You know what I mean? (laughs) They run things. Yeah. Well, Prisca, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I I really appreciate you guys having me. And, uh, Honestly, like I don't know where I'd be without collab. This they did not pay me to say this. Like (laughs) this is like just like seriously. um, I was a bit bit of a pansy. I'm surprised I even had the the guts to like sign up to audition. Um, But I'm so glad that I did. I'm so glad to have like it as part of my journey. It's really made a huge difference. It's, it, I mean, part of why Abe and I are together is like because of collapse. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it worked. And, and for those of you who've heard Prisca's voice, her singing voice, you know that that is complete crazy. <laughs> <laughs> How she could ever have any self doubt about her talent. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's mind boggling. <laughs> You're just like, really? Uh, thank you so much <laughs> um, where can we follow you on the social media oh yeah you can find me at Prisca Music that's Prisca with a K music with a K on Instagram Twitter Facebook Tw- Twitter <laughs> Twitter, <laughs> Twitter. Um, and all of the yeah all of the social oh and YouTube yeah yes. yeah and thank you so much for tuning into the Collabcast. The Collabcast, of course is a part of collaboration a nonprofit organization supporting Asian Americans in the arts and entertainment discovering elevating showcasing and connecting the creative talents of our community. 
Uh, you can reach the Collabcast by emailing us at podcast at collaboration.org. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and wherever you find your podcasts. Leave us a nice rating and review. And share um, with a friend. Yeah, share it with a friend. Share it with all your friends. Yeah. Thanks to our guest Prisca for the music you heard during this episode. Again, you can find her album State Change everywhere. You download music. Thank you, Prisca. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, guys. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.